A blessed morning, everyone. Welcome to this Sunday's live King's Park Church of the Nazarene podcast. Praying God's continued love, peace, grace, and protection on you and your family. I would like to share a verse with you. It comes from Psalms 94.19. It reads, When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your comforts delight me. King James Version says, In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. We will now have a prayer by Mrs. Corrine. Welcome to our Sunday service. Let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for being so good to us. I want to thank you, O God, for giving us life. I pray, O God of mercy, that you will bless those who are listening to your word this morning. I pray that your word will speak to their hearts. I pray that through your word, people will be drawn closer to you, that lives will be changed, and more importantly, that you will help us to be obedient to your word. I pray for your servant who will be delivering the message this morning. I pray that you will use him so that what he speaks, Lord, will come directly from you and that your word will accomplish what pleases you in these trying times. May you give your listeners receptive hearts, God, and whatever we do this morning may be done to honor and glorify the precious name of Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's praise our eternal Father this morning. And thank Him for His amazing grace for taking our place on that cross. Let's put your hands together as we just join in in praising our Heavenly Father. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness Whose love is mighty and so much stronger The King of glory the King above all kings Who shakes the whole earth With holy thunder And leave us breathless In awe and wonder The King of glory The King above all kings This is amazing grace For 
Brothers and sisters, this is a great opportunity and a blessing from the Lord that He has given us today to be able to come to you in this moment in which we are home, I can say enjoying, but at the same time praying, praying for the blessings of the Lord to be poured upon us this time in which we are going through this crisis together as one, it is a good time for us to reflect on the topic of the Church of the Nazareth. What are our core values? Who, are, who is the Church of the Nazareth or who we are and what believe, we believe in? This morning, all over the world, pastors are speaking, and especially in the Church of the Nazarene. The sermons being preached are emphasized on core values, our core beliefs. As I mentioned, the beliefs of who we are, what we believe in. For those who might think that about these things, one thing comes to their mind. And the Church of the Nazarene we are being guided or directed by the headquarters in Kansas City. This is not a sermon from them. This is a sermon in which each church are encouraged to deal with especially our beliefs as we go into this millennium, as we go into this crisis, through this crisis, it is just adequate for me to say that we should be reminded of who we are, where we come from, and where we are going. I hope that some of you will find this interesting, and for those who don't know about it, this is the opportunity that I will share with you this time. Obviously, I'm not going to be able to go through the whole statement of belief or our faith. But instead, I want to share with you three values that distinguish us not only as Christians, but also as people who are called Nazarenes. This morning, I will be sharing with you one, and eventually, throughout the rest of the month, I will be sharing one each week until it's completed. Our values are important. Every one of you here that are list that is listening to me this morning have values in your lives. In every day life, your values are determined by how you live your life, the decision that you make. For example, this week I walked out of Publix. The cashier girl was a little bit 
scatterbrain, I believe, because she was afraid or something of what is happening. And I noticed that she gave me $10 more in change that she should have. Your values will determine what you do next. Will you be dishonest and try to tell yourself that this is God's way of blessing you or helping you so that you can pay your bills? Or will you be honest and come back to the front and you will take it back into the cashier? What you value will be determined by the choice you make. Your values affect where you eat, what you do, and anything in life. Will you be in save will it be at the cashier in save you, Publix? Or even at the Chinese closing down the lane. Some will pick the restaurant because of the taste buds. Whatever tastes the best, they will go. The others will pick because of the cost. How much food you get for your money. Others will pick based on service. Is it clean? Is it dirty? Do they serve fast or slow? Whether whatever is of value to you will help you decide where to go. Now, a little side note. For you men who value letting your wife pick the place to eat, you are not eating anywhere because she can't make up her mind. I'm just kidding. Now, I value my life, you know, so I will apologize right now for that last comment. <laughs> Obviously, our values come into play in our spiritual walk, in our commitment to the church. Remember, our values are determined by the choices we make. Our values are not so much determined by what we say, but what we do. A lot of people claim with their mouth to be a Christian, but based on what they do, the choices they make, it would be hard to say they are living as Christians or they are living for Christ. If I value my relations with God, I will spend time with Him. I will pray, talk to him, I will read, I will study the word, which reveals his plan of life for me. I will worship him. Those will be choices to make because I value my relationship with him. Listen to me this morning. When I value this relationship with Christ, these things are not. I have two things, or I better, or I feel guilty things, but instead I say, I choose to because I want to. That's a huge difference, isn't it? As a Christian, not only will I value my relationship with Jesus, but I will also want fellowship with fellow believers. Coming to church to worship, coming to pray together, coming to share your gifts and talents without, within the body, giving your tithes, being committed to your fellow church members are values that are, very, that are very important as a Christian. Friends, what is that you value? The choice you make will point you to the answer. You see, this morning I'm going to share with you about what the Church of the Nazarene stands for and believes in. And it's important that we know and understand that because we're Nazarenes. But 
there's two things that I wanted to get hold of this morning. First, we'll be reminded of what we believe are the great values that our denomination hold high. Secondly, the equally important, we need to determine if our values match up with what we see, we believe in, or what we live. So I want to invite you this morning to turn your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 6, and it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all holiness and meekness, with long-suffering, bearing one another in love, enduring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit. Even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Pray. Father Almighty, we come to you this morning as we call upon you, Holy Spirit, to give us the insight, to give us, Lord, the strength, and to help us understand who we are and what we stand here as your children. Give us the ability to understand and decipher this moment as we pray in Jesus' name. The first value that we need to remind of is this. We are Christian people. We are united with all believers in proclaiming the Lordship of Jesus Christ. This morning your first obligation, even as a member, is not to this local church. But your first obligation, allegiance, belongs to Jesus Christ our Savior. We must never lose sight of that. Our church, the Church of the Nazarene, the King's Spirit Church of the Nazarene, recognized the fact that we are one of many churches that put Christ as Lord. We believe that the divine love God offers to all people forgiveness of sin and a restoration of relationship. And because we can be reconciled to God, we believe that we are also to be reconciled to one another. Loving one another as we have been loved by God, forgiving each other as we have been forgiven by God. You see, my friends, we are Christians, first and foremost, before anything else. When Christ is Lord of our lives, He is forcing everything. And my life choice needs to reflect that. In the Church of the Nazarene, we stand arm to arm with our brothers and sisters of the same faith. And with all the people of God, we confess and praise Jesus Christ the Lord. As Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3 and verse 4 tells us about this great body of believers. Listen. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit. So Christians, it is our responsibility to keep the unity of the Spirit. But you might say, Oh, Pastor! In this time that we are suffering, do we do that 
by focusing on our difference of opinions? Do we do this by being critical if they don't worship like we do? Let's not fall in Satan's snare and spend one minute tearing down the body. But instead, let's obey God. Let's obey his word and keep the unity of the body through the bond of peace. The question is how do we keep the bond of peace? The fact is that we know from personal experience that peace does not just happen. It takes work. And in these verses, there is a present tense idea going on. In other words, it's going to take continuous action upon our body to keep the bond of peace. This formula for keeping this bond of peace within the universal body of Christ also works for us in our local body. Here, right here in our fellowship. So let's make sure we understand it. It is found in verse 2 of chapter 4, which says, With a loneliness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. If you don't have these three ingredients working together, constantly present in our lives and relationships, will not be able to have peace. The ingredients are, first, as I said, loneliness, which is humility, meekness, gentleness, with for suffering, bearing, forbearing one another in love. Be completely humble. Friends, to have unity in the body, we need to be like Christ in our attitudes and dealing with people. One of Christ's greatest attributes, in my opinion, because of who he is, was his humility. He modeled it for us. His whole life was a demonstration of humility. God's words should speak to us about this in Romans 12, 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather, Think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. In James 4.10 says, Humble yourself before the Lord and He will lift you up. Even in Luke chapter 22.26, But you are not to be like that. Instead, the great among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves. God's way is totally upside down compared to the world's view. Do you want to be the greatest? Then you need to be the least. You need to be a servant. Jesus has shown us how we will be. We need to follow him. Men, do you want to be leaders in your home? If you want a Christian home, don't dare demand it. But instead, be the servant in your home guide humble yourself ladies have the heart of a servant and God will use you not only for the lives of your children and family but others in the community others will see that humility that you have and see Christ in you talking about Christ after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples feet drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him Again, Jesus 
and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. As Christians, we have been taught we no longer live, but Christ lives in us and through us. Make sure humility is a real part of your Christian walk. The second ingredient is gentleness or gentle. We are to be gentle or as translators have it, meekness. Very simple. A gentle spirit that reflects the love of God for our brothers and sisters and especially for the lost ones. A while ago in our men's meeting, someone made a good point about the gentleness of Jesus. So many times in scripture, especially when the disciples just didn't seem to catch on, Jesus could have used these ten or, or these times to embarrass them or do what we like to call, teach them a lesson. We're talking about the time Jesus walked on the water. The disciples were scared. Jesus reassured them that it's him not some ghost. And he called them to come. Guess what? Peter, the one who was always ready for adventure, was the only one who was willing to obey. And he gets out of the boat and begins to walk on the water. And you remember the story, right? Peter takes his eyes off of Jesus and began to look at the wind and the waves and he began to sink. As he was feeling, he cries out, Lord, save me! Jesus had an opinion and asked himself, do I reach out and save him? Or should I use this failure to teach him a lesson? If you know the story and if you know Jesus, you know that he reaches out and saves Peter and they get into the boat. I'm glad for the gentleness of Jesus and you. If Jesus is gentle in his spirit and in how he lives, shouldn't we be the same. Humility and gentleness need to be active mixed in our relationship. And you know, a good rice and beans would not be a good rice and beans if it doesn't have salad. And here's the third ingredient. The third ingredient to keep the bond of peace with the body is be patient, bearing one another in love. This NIV says, bearing with one another in love. Another version says, sustaining each other in love. Another says, put up with one another in love. And even Philip says, making allowance for one another. If you are going to be able to have peace with the body of Christ, whatever that's universal or in our local congregation, we must be patient and bear with one another in love. This is the ability to be patient with the weak of other people is a social grace. It is a mark of maturity and most important, it's an attribute of God. If it wasn't for God's peace and patience, His forbearing with us, we would all be killed. But thank God that He never turned His back while we were doing as we pleased with no regard for Him. In Romans 10.21, he tells of God's patience with the people of Israel. All day long I have held out my hand to the disobedience and obstinate people. 
And friends, the fact is, he's done that for me and he's done that for you. So for no other reason, we should be patient with other because of the grace and patience that he has given to us. Friends, if you don't learn patience with people, you have the ability to bear with them in their shortcoming. You are in for a long and disappointing life. And the peace that you will forfeit will not only be the peace between you and those people, but because of your lack of patience, you will not have the bond of peace in your life. Because, let me remind you, and I want to make an emphasis here, there will be too many people who aren't meeting your expectation. So, you will constantly be disappointed. I ask you, do you have these three ingredients in your life, in your relationship, humility, gentleness, and patience? They are the key of keeping unity in the spirit through the bond of peace. Pray that God will help you to begin to produce these things in your life. This morning our first value says we are Christian people. We have looked at the scriptures and that teaches us that there is one body and one spirit. Very quickly I want to impress on you some of the Christian's characteristics. The church is not only one, but is holy. God's people are holy because Jesus is holy. The church is both holy and called to be holy. It is holy because it is the body of Christ who has become for us righteousness and holiness. The church is called to become holy by God who chooses us before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless. As Christ's one body, our life together as a church should embody the holy character of Christ who emptied himself and took the form of a slave. We affirm the holiness of Christ's church, but both as a gift and as a calling. Not only are we one united body, and a holy body, and a universal body, we also devote ourselves to the teaching and study of God's holy word, the Bible, the Christian church, looks to scripture through the witness of the Holy Spirit for truth, for faith, and life. God's word is God's revelation of himself through his son, Jesus Christ. Friends, as I come to the end of my first presentation, let me remind you, we are a Christian people. That means so much more than, yeah, I go to church. First of all, it's a relation with, with Jesus Christ. And then, arm in arm, is also a relationship with fellow believers and our growth in grace. The Church of the Nazarene proudly says that being a Christian people is one of our core values. It's who we are. And we belong to Christ. As members of this church, this should also be our value. I end up here. I invite you for next week to share with me the second value. We are a holiness people. Believing that this short meditation will help us to understand and give us the 
words of encouragement that we need in this moment of despair that we find ourselves. I believe that God is here for us and that we stand arm in arm with one another. To you all, may God bless you, may God give you the strength and as soon as we are able to come together, let us come together in peace, keeping the bond, keeping the love to one another and above all to Christ. Let us pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Giving you thanks, O Lord, for another beautiful day that you have given us, another beautiful time that you have spared for us. And now, dear Father, bless all of us, all of those who are in fear. Bless those who are looking for strength, O Lord. And may we come together as one to support one another and continue to believe in you. We ask this in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ died for us on the cross of Calvary. Thank you for worshiping in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
Announcements are as follows. Continue to listen to our live Sunday service podcast. This will be done until the all clear for us to resume services. Tithes and offerings can be made via online banking. Procedures for the online transfer process will be uploaded in the group chat. If you have any other questions pertaining to this, Kindly contact Mr. Orlando Harris at 615-7862. Continue to check our WhatsApp chat group for any new announcements or updates.